Hey there, and welcome to day 358 of Don't Forget Your Worth, a podcast with a matching YouTube channel that's titled just the same. I'm Andrea, and I just apologize. I was going to, you know, add a piece last night, and I'll tell you what happened. My computer was dead as a doornail, so I popped it, you know, on the charger. I got little Scarlet ready for bed. I got myself ready for bed. I got into bed, had the computer next to me, and was literally arms or not arms crossed, like hands folded, praying to the Lord, okay, which piece should I write? And, you know, what do you know? Of course, I wake up, the light's on, the computer's setting right beside me, the lantern is on. (laughs) Like, it was just absolute insanity to me. I just flat fell asleep, you guys, because it was such a big day yesterday. I think I told you, in addition to having to find movers, um, which the Lord did like in a heartbeat for me. Praise baby Jesus right now. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Then we had an announcement at a meeting that I'd scheduled, um, you know, to talk through a large job that we have coming up with a big developer. Um, At the end of it, my showroom owner, he decides to announce that they're closing a showroom that's down in New Mexico that they also own. And it's like, I, I knew about it because we talked through it we talked through that being a possibility while we were at dinner in Telluride. Um, but of course, you know, it was news to sales team designer, um, that sort of thing. So with that, you know, um, there's gonna, we're going to see some changes, obviously. And so um, it just was kind of a big day because, of course, everyone had a lot of questions for me that I wasn't quite ready to answer. And um you know, some of them will be answered here shortly, and, and that answer just doesn't feel solid, and I understand why. So, you know, just big changes, and that's kind of the way the Lord works with me. It's like, but now it makes better sense why I need to be out of my storage unit under the showroom is because we're going to need to use that for um, extra displays coming up from New Mexico, as well as storing a client product and, until they come pick it up, if you will. So it's just lot of change yesterday, you guys. Very big day. Lots of questions from my team, you know. Um, and uh, so I fell asleep. I just am super sorry, which means I had to pull a story out from the vault. And the vault is a super scary place because it's super vulnerable. And not because of not because of any haunting crazy past or anything. It It is really just so scary vulnerable because these are my stories but I don't want to hurt anybody in the stories at hand that's why they're so hard and yet what can the Lord do if we all just hold our hard stories close to our chest because we're worried about hurting other people right like what what how can he use that story like just think again if the Lord would have said no you know we're going to We're going to give you part of David's story, but we're going to leave the part out where, you know, David slept with Bathsheba, you know, and then, you know, murdered her husband. You know, we're going to we're going to just take all that embarrassing, not fun stuff out because it might be embarrassing to Bathsheba. (laughs) You know what I mean? The Lord did not do that. And so I know that he is telling me, Andrea, these stories that you think belong to you, they belong to me. They do. And he's absolutely right. And they are for his glory. They are so that so many of you can be freed from your own past and your own 
um, experiences and know in your very knower that you can break generational chains. You can say to one generation, I'm going to do this one, one better. You can. And there's so much freedom found there. You don't have to relive or be just like the person that raised you. <laughs> you do not. And so there's freedom. I'm, I'm serious. There's freedom in these stories. And so this story isn't even complete, you guys. You're going to see what I mean. But I think that the Lord's going to do a thing. I'll do a little chat at the sky afterwards, okay? The story is called, and it's written from a lot of pain. Um, understand that. This was fresh pain. I was writing this in some fresh pain. The story is called Nothing Like Her. And so it begins. I walked to my friend's house each morning for a couple years and climbed the steep paved driveway so that I could sit in the entryway while they finished up getting ready. Curling hair, finishing up lunches, finding sport uniforms, and filling backpacks. I waited very patiently, standing against the wall of the split stairs, day in and day out, waiting for my ride up to the grade school. You guys, I full-on remember this because Pamela was a mama and she always was like, Andrea, just go ahead and sit down. We're going to be another 15, 20 minutes, you know? And I never would. Why wouldn't I? Isn't that weird? It's just so strange. I think I just felt like I would be in the way as they were coming up and down the stairs. I know I'm a rule follower, but that one's weird. I never sat down. <laughs> it was pouring rain, and we were drenched to the bone before my friend's mama pulled up behind us and told us to get into the car. We hurried in, and we closed the doors fast, shivering. And I noticed, oh no, the leather seats on their Volvo were getting wet from my coat. So I was trying to wipe it away, with my arms in the back seat. Oh, Andrea, I'm not worried about the car. I'm worried about you two. I tried calling your mom for over an hour to see if she could pick you up just one time, but I got nothing but a busy signal. And she's having a chat with my eight or nine-year-old self about how she works and how she still makes her children her top priority. And she doesn't see why my mama can't pick us up even one time when it's pouring rain. I kept my hood up, even in the car, my little hood with a faux fur lining, just to hide my tears. Can you just talk to me? Andrea, what does she do all day? Can you just tell me what she does? You told me you make your own breakfast and pack your own lunch at your age. What does she do? She's asking me. She looks in the rearview mirror, and I see her eyes as she spots me in the back seat. Oh, honey, Andrea, I love you like my own. I'm not trying to make you cry. I'm just not understanding what she does all day. Please ask her for me, she says, as I'm thanking her for the ride, and I gently close the familiar car door. I cried the rest of the way home, you guys. Surprise, surprise. And I walked to my driveway, knowing that I couldn't ask her or even mention a thing about this conversation at home or there would be trouble. I took off my wet coat and backpack and set them where I normally do on the brown living room chair. They usually sit there until I come back for my homework and by then mamas usually ask me to hang up my coat. My mama wasn't anywhere to be found probably still upstairs talking on the phone, I thought, so I made myself a snack 
and like usual, I turned on that television to watch a favorite show before starting my homework. Andrea, where are you? If you set your wet coat on this chair one more time, you're going to have to find a new place to live. Scarlett's looking at me. She's like, you never talk like that. What are you doing? It's just fine. I'm just fine. (laughs) She's needing love. She's worried she's in trouble. (laughs) When my marriage came tumbling down, this temporary living was supposed to be temporary living. So this mama, she took the couch. No bed, no dresser, no hook, no hamper. I kept my dirty clothes and towel that I would reuse in the powder room under the sink so they were out of the way until I ran a fresh load of laundry. And it worked. At that time, I was driving three to three and a half hours a day to work each each day. Okay, it says I drove three to three and a half hours to work each day. I still made their lunches before I left and arrived dressed in career clothes to their games fresh from my commute. But I made them my top priority, the best I could. This mama was doing the absolute best she could. But this morning, this morning, I hung my damp towel from my shower on the metal bar stools I had gifted her. And when she came downstairs and saw that, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. She told me I had two months to find a new place. To live. Okay, so obviously this is just written from fresh pain, right? Like I didn't finish out this story. I was writing fresh. I was literally writing fresh from um, writing fresh in that pain of rejection and just all the things. Hey, Scarlet, down, down, baby girl, down, 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 down. Good girl. She's getting bigger, you guys. To get her down is is a feat. Down. Let's lay down, baby. Um, so. What, what I'm, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, what I'm trying to say is that this was written raw, like titled raw everything, because I was just sitting in the rawness of that pain. But you guys need to know, I mean, all of the, my mom was a terrific mother. This is not what this is saying. Um, she still is just a fantastic, you know, she's just a fantastic woman and fantastic grandmama and and the whole thing so I don't want anyone to think that healing has not been found and or or that this is somehow slamming her absolutely not instead the point that I want you guys to see and we talked about it before is that there is ultimate grace found here that we are all absolutely doing the best that we can do. When my mama was probably, like I say, I know she would have been lonely and a little bit depressed having, you know, lived out in the country. And by, My mama was doing the absolute best that she could do. I know that. Um, it, it, we are all sitting in our own experiences and in our own wounds and in our own pain and in our own abilities and in our own, you know, Everyone's journey is so individual, and so I want you to know that. I want you to know that even when, like I say, I was spinning like a top, working hard, commuting, tired, I still, I promise you, was doing the absolute best that I could do. And it maybe didn't look like the best to everybody. They maybe thought I could still be doing more, right? But 
just like right now, look at all the things I have going on right now. I'm so hard on myself because I can tell you there still are more things that I can be doing. Like I'm so disappointed with myself that I fell asleep last night. I'm so disappointed knowing that I have movers now that I didn't get things moved, you know, moved away. And of course I'll be doing that, you know, tomorrow being Friday night. And But do you know what I'm saying? We are so hard on ourselves. We we literally not only have to extend grace like rain to people that have hurt us, but we need to extend grace like rain to ourselves. We need to extend grace like rain to ourselves. Um, there's so much goodness in this piece. There's so much freedom that can be found. Because with that too, you guys need to know, you can do things one generation better. You do not have to become just like somebody else. You do not have to wear the weight of being told you're going to be this way. I was, I was when I was little. And that's not true. It's not true. So with that, just please know that you are absolutely able to make generational chains. You do not need to believe false lies. You don't need to believe that because so-and-so was an alcoholic, someone has permission to be an alcoholic. Absolutely not. There is healing, there is treatment, there is help to be had. Um, I have many pieces that are written about around alcoholism. I lost my sister to alcoholism. There are generational chains of once a cheater, always a cheater. Absolutely not. You guys need to understand that that um, you have the power to make your world a complete different place. In fact, you have that power today. You have that power today. And if you can really grab hold of that, and I think that some of you are, you will be mind blown by what the Lord can do through you when you just decide starting today, this, starting today, this. Um, did I know, like I say, when I made this commitment of 365 miracle stories in 365 days, look at all of the highs and lows and things that we've been through and challenges and in just one year, might I add. And it, I think it's even a time capsule, if you will. I think it's a blessing of a year to show somebody exactly what a year looks like um, and exactly what the Lord can do in a year. Um, it's the power of a year, which also shows the power of day. So you guys, I like I say, I don't I don't want this piece to <laughs> cause any problems. I want it to absolutely free people and break chains. And in a way, you guys too, here's what I want you to also see. Some of you are parents and some of you are mamas and some of you some of you will take one more thing from this too. Your children are watching you. They are absolutely watching you and learning from you. They learn so much from what we role model, more than we ever think possible. And so it is super important that we look like love and that we are living like love and we are speaking love to them. It makes such a difference. Like I said, they do not need all of the vacations and all the fancy cars and the great phones and the neat things, those are wonderful. But what they truly need is a parent that absolutely adores Jesus and adores and loves them and teaches them about Jesus more than anything else, more than anything else that is what is going to be able to get them through. Um, I didn't necessarily have that 
so again, can we can we create our own ending? Can we create our own story? Can we make our own choices that yes, we absolutely can. I know that people instantly because I'm such a Jesus junkie, they're like, "Surely you were raised by people." No, no, no. In fact, the interesting thing, I'm going to bless some people even in telling them this. I'm going to bless you guys. I just love it, love it, love it. I I only recently found out. So I did know, right? Like I already, I only recently found out. In fact, even after the death of one grandparent, I only recently found out that my grandparents even didn't always believe. I always, I just thought, yes, I thought my grandparents always believed. I thought my, I thought my family, you know, was brought up in you know that home and that they all no none of it none like my little world got rocked even just recently I was like what because as you guys know I lived with my grandparents during the summer I was coached for tennis back there and so for quite a few years I'd go you know for summers and live with my grandparents and they read a devotional and we prayed together I mean I just thought my mama was brought up that she's like oh no no they actually didn't find big relationship with with their faith or religion until um, your grandfather had cancer, which is understandable. I mean, hello, absolutely, yes, everything started to make sense. But you guys, I need to bless you out and you need to hear that because you guys know, (laughs) you're very knower after 300 some odd stories. I have been a Jesus junkie since I was nine. Um, and with that, I'm, that's actually when I started to ask my family, could we go to church? Who says no to a nine-year-old kid that's asking them to go to church, right? So, you know, off we went. So, and then they created great community there. And some of their closest friends to this day are from, you know, that little church of ours out, you know, in town. And we lived out in the valley. It was not a small feat I was asking. It was getting everybody up and, you know, driving a half an hour into town and, and uh, um, look at the way that the Lord works. This is what he does. So this is, this is what I mean. I want God to be able to use all of these hard stories that I have. And I, I, haven't, I haven't scratched the surface. And here I sit. I'm like, how many more do I have? If I'm 350, I've got seven more or something like that. <laughs> of course I do. Of course I have seven more. Seven has been a very big number in my life. Um, so with that, you guys, I'm just going to put it right there. I'm at 710. I have to leave for work in 20 minutes, and I've got to get my giddy-up going. But um, just know, I'll be back. I will certainly write more for you. I've got two more I've got to get out today. I just needed to have one out this morning to make up for last night. But God's will be done. God used this story. Like I say, so much healing. This 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 story did not end here, right? It's like I, I obviously I was hurting. I was so sad. I was so mad. I was so blah, you know. But I think that it really can show some things. Oh, the other lesson, right? We cannot make our things more important than our people. We just can't. Oh my stars! That brings up another story. I'm writing that one tonight. I am writing that one for you tonight. Um. We can't make our things more important than our people, not ever. Um, And that's the biz. That's it, you guys. This this one was loaded. I had no idea. The Lord could really, really, really use this one. If you listen to the four or five deeper messages that are in there, as he will speak to you through this hard, little vulnerable story. I will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Take care.